You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hello and welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Libby Casey, senior news anchor with the Washington Post Live Moments team. My guest today is former Judge Thomas Griffith. He was appointed by President George W. Bush and served on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit Court from 2005 to 2020. Last year, President Biden appointed, appointed Judge Griffith to the Presidential Commission on the Supreme Court of the United States, and that bipartisan commission was charged with analyzing arguments for and against reforming the Supreme Court. It looked at the merits and legality of those potential reforms. Judge Griffith, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. It's such appropriate timing to have you here as the Supreme Court has just wrapped up this very dramatic and consequential term. I want to share a reminder to our guests that they can ask questions of Judge Griffith. Join the conversation by tweeting us using the handle at PostLive, and we will try to get those into the conversation. So let's start with some breaking news. President Biden signed an executive order today to try to ensure access to abortion, medication, and contraception. So given President Biden's attempts to find pathways around what the Supreme Court decided uh, just last month, does the Supreme Court have the final say? Well, uh, this is, uh, I, I just learned of this news uh, a few moments ago, so I haven't, haven't read the order, so uh, just heard about it. Uh, it. It strikes me that this, uh, this illustrates something, uh, I think, quite interesting about the Dobbs uh, decision. Uh, if if the majority is right, and uh, and and abortion is not uh, a, a right that's guaranteed in the Constitution, uh, then then it's up for grabs in the political sphere, right? I mean, it's the uh, political branches, the uh, the elected branches that that, that debate uh, the, the the nature of the interest and determine. Uh, uh, the rights involved, and so uh, if if the majority is 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 right, if one agrees with the majority's approach, uh, this action by the president, as well as the other uh, uh, debates that we're seeing uh, around the country in state legislatures and, and even in Congress, uh, are are what one would would expect. That would be the that that would be the place to fight this out. Of course, uh, if the majority is wrong, if the dissent is right, we typically don't put constitutional rights. Uh, up for a debate in, in, in legislatures and, and, and the political branches. Uh, we, 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 we shield them uh, from, from, from those sorts of, uh, of debates. So, so I think what we're seeing uh, in the president's action today and, 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 and the ongoing debate uh, in Congress and the state legislatures um, uh, dramatizes uh, the, uh, the, the significance of, of, of the decision and, uh, and, and, and it gives us two very competing views of, uh, of, of, of what one does with a, a constitutional right or, or not. I want to talk with you more about the, the abortion uh, cases and sort of the, the debate, the, the case rather, and then the decisions not only uh, to decide Dobbs, but also to overturn Roe v. Wade in just a moment. But I want to share with you something that President Biden said at the signing ceremony just a few moments ago of this executive order, uh, that the signing of it. He called the court's decision terrible, extreme, and totally wrong-headed. What does that say to you about where the nation is at in how it feels about the court's decisions and sort of the, the hands-off nature that the court had had the luxury of, of having for so many years in terms of the political debate? 
Yeah, well, I again, it, it, it illustrates at least to me two things that are that, that are critical. One, it's hard to imagine uh, an issue in public life that is more uh, uh, contentious, uh, uh, where the stakes are higher uh, than trying to balance the interests between uh, a, a woman's autonomy uh, and uh, 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 and prenatal life. These are big issues about uh, which people uh, feel strongly, understandably so, uh, and, and so therefore the debate the debate is is vigorous is is, is going to be vigorous. Uh, the second thing that illustrates is um, the, the the approach that the court took here to the claim that abortion is a constitutional right. It, it illustrates another big issue. How do we? How does how the court determine what is protected by the Constitution and what's not when the Constitution doesn't speak to it directly? When when it's a and we, we know the Constitution anticipates that there are unenumerated rights. The Bill of Rights is not the full list of uh, constitutional rights. It's a real tough issue. Uh, it's a contentious issue. How do you figure out? If it's not specifically mentioned in the Constitution, that it's nevertheless protected by the Constitution, and that that's a debate that we've had for for for, for many many years, and uh, uh, and and the Dobbs decision just uh, illustrates uh, how vexing an issue it is, how difficult an issue it is, and then what the consequences are for uh, when the court renders a decision in that area. Obviously, in this case, the court said. Uh, it's not of the view that it's not uh, a, a constitutional right, and that it's something that's to be uh, debated in legislatures and 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 and, and Congress. Uh, so I think we're seeing that uh, th th those two uh, uh, issues play out a very uh, significant uh, moral uh, and, and political issue uh, intersecting with a very uh, difficult uh, question of how do you identify. Uh, rights that are protected by the Constitution that aren't spelled out specifically in the Constitution. Well, how do you identify that, Judge? I mean, is the Constitution a living document? Well, there, there's the there's the debate, right? That's the debate we've been having uh, since the at least for the last fifty six or sixty years or, or, or so. We we have a court right now that it makes it pretty clear. At least six uh, uh, justices of the court are not comfortable. Uh, with the idea that the open-ended clauses of the Constitution are invitations um, uh, to the court to identify evolving standards of uh, decency. They, that, that, that's a view that this court uh, uh, has rejected. Uh, it's a considerable view held by um, uh, thoughtful people that the open-ended provisions of the Constitution uh, invite uh, that, that sort of uh, a change and and, 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 and ev evolution over time. But it's a debate that's been that's been with us. Um, we know where this court uh, stands on it. My guess is, and I'm not very good at predictions. My my guess is that this will be a, a debate that will uh, that will continue. You know, I understand that you won't comment on the merits of the case of Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. But as a citizen and as someone who knows the consequences of legal decisions, what was your initial reaction? Um, well, not, I wasn't surprised, right? Because of the leak, um, uh, the, the anticipation was that this is where uh, the court uh, was 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 likely to be, and 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 certainly this court uh, and the justices on this court, uh, knowing what we do about their approach to the Constitution, their view of the role of a judge, 
in, in that sense, it's not was was not a, a surprising uh, decision. In fact, it may have been a, a, a predictable uh, decision. Uh, what I worry about uh, uh, most is that we we now have uh, a, an issue that's being uh, uh, put back in the political uh, uh, sphere uh, uh, to debate. I, I worry about whether we're up to uh, the type of debate uh, that 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 should accompany such a contentious issue. We, uh, many have observed this is a time of, of great polarization, um, of, of strong uh, language uh, that, that looks at uh, opponents as, as enemies, that, uh, that assumes bad faith uh, on the part of those who disagree with one another. I, we're, we're, we're entering into a, a debate on as difficult of issues as I can think of. Um, I, I worry whether we are equipped to have uh, the type of debate uh, that the issue deserves. And I, I worry instead that it will be um, uh, a, a debate that will be less a debate and, and, and more just expressions of, of acrimony and, and, and outrage and assuming uh, bad faith by those uh, who, who disagree with one another. And, that, and that's not healthy uh, uh, for, for the Republic, but that's the state that we're in uh, uh, right now. So uh, we better get ready for it. Ho hopefully the people who are listening to this uh, uh, interview, hopefully all of us in, in our own spheres of influence uh, will uh, will listen carefully uh, to others, uh, 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 listen empathetically to others, understand uh, as best we can where they're coming from and then uh, and then engage responsibly without without uh, accusations of, of, of bad faith um, and and uh, and without without the acrimony that too often uh, it characterizes uh, our political discussion in the, in the, in the last several years. Well, interest in the court and in a thoughtful conversation about the court is very high right now. We have a lot of interest in this interview with you, and we received over 100 questions and comments from our audience. Uh, so I want to share one with you. This is from Michelle Dorcher from Massachusetts, and she asks, are there any differences now between past episodes where citizens have been displeased with the court and the current day? Do accusations of illegitimacy have any greater credence than earlier courts? Well, Michelle, that's a very uh, that's a great question. Um, and um, as as was mentioned last year, I had the honor of serving on uh, President Biden's commission on the Supreme Court. And one of the things that we were asked to do uh, was to describe the history of the debate over the Supreme Court since the founding days of the Republic. And, uh, I, I'm not a historian. Uh, we had historians uh, on on the commission who uh, who, who did you know, great service. I, I would suggest reading uh, the the report. It's it's a good read. It's an interesting read. Uh, and and there's a there's a section in there about the history of the debate of the Supreme Court. And what we learn is um, from the beginning of the Republic, there has been a debate over the role of the Supreme Court because uh, in in our system. Uh, under our constitution, um, it's clear that the laws are supposed to be made uh, by elected representatives of we the people. Um, and so what role does a court play in, 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 in that system? Uh, um, the, 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 the fundamental concept of the constitution is that laws are made by elected representatives, uh, not made by uh, 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 Judges who have a lifetime appointment and wear robes. Uh, the judges occupy a very uh, unusual uh, uh, position in in in, uh, in 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 our constitutional scheme, and so there's always been a debate about 
what role are they supposed to play? And uh, there have been those who have claimed that the court uh, on occasion has stepped outside its lane and has uh, stepped into the lane of Congress and, and, and the president in, uh, in, in, in making laws. Um, uh, there have been, uh, and, and that, and that's been a, that, that's been a debate that's, that's been recurring throughout, uh, uh throughout the Republic, uh, history of the Republic. I, I have to say, not as a historian, but, uh, but just as an observer, I can't remember a time, at least in my lifetime, uh, when the debate has been quite so intense as, 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 as it is right now. Um, and, uh, so... So although this has been a, a debate that's been with us since the founding of, of, of the Republic, it does seem uh, as if right now that the, the uh, it's certainly the volume and the acrimony is higher uh, than ever. And, 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 you know, and I'll leave it to the political scientists to, to come up with uh, why that's the case. Uh, my armchair observation is as, as the courts take on a greater and greater role uh, in, in, in our Republic, as, as Congress passes more laws, uh, that need to be adjudicated um, uh, as the court takes on a, a greater role in resolving those uh, debates. Um, it, it, it's its role uh, that people care about it a great deal. They they care about the decisions of the court, um, and so therefore um, they debate them and they argue about them. Which uh, again, I think is I, I think is healthy. Uh, uh, it's it's the nature of the debate that that worries me, and so. Um, Michelle used the word uh, legitimacy in there, and I, I, I have to I have to say that I that I that I worry about uh, attacks on the court that call into question uh, its legitimacy. I, I I don't think those are accurate, and I certainly don't think uh, they're 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 helpful. Let's have a debate about the decisions of the court. Let's let's read what the what 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 the court has said. Let's read the various opinions and let's 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 talk about them. Let's critique them. Let's applaud them where we agree. Let's criticize them where we think they fall short. Um, but 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 I, I think we don't I think we're inaccurate. I think it's inaccurate. I don't think it does any service uh, to the country to to, to claim that uh, uh, that the court is somehow illegitimate because it reaches uh, uh, conclusions different than than perhaps uh, I I would reach from my uh, from my from, from from my approach and, and, and my reading of the cases. So, uh, well, so I, Judge, I want to ask about one of the re I want to ask about one of the reforms that that the commission explored, which was term limits, um, which you are not in favor of. Um, but the idea behind that is that you know justices would still have a very long tenure on the Supreme Court, but then with a newly elected president, they could appoint two new justices. So it might reflect more the current political nature of the day and not someone who had been uh, given the robes to wear decades and decades earlier. It would keep the court fresh and it would keep them reflecting uh, the political sentiments and the way that people interpret the constitution perhaps of the day. Yeah, no, so so I, you're right. I, on the commission, I spoke out against uh, term limits. I actually, when I started on the commission, I thought I would probably be in favor of term limits. But as we heard testimony and as I uh, thought about it, I, I I was less enthused with it. But I, but I'm not I, I I'm not uh, ardently opposed as if it were some uh, some uh, real threat to the to the nature of the court. The way I think court expansion would be. But but here here's here's what here's why I'm less enthused and enamored of uh, term limits. And it, it's it's in the question that 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 you asked, which is a, a good good question. Uh, do do we want the court? to reflect the political sentiments 
of the time. I, I don't think we do. Uh, in, in, in my view, uh, the proper role of the court is to uh, understand the law that's been created by we the people in the Constitution, through acts of Congress, through the president's use of delegated authority. What does the law require? And then to apply that uh, and, 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 and not to be trying to keep up with the, 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 the political times. Uh, I, I just don't think that's, I don't think we want a court uh, that, that, that will do that because that court, that type of court looks too much like um, uh, the legislature. And, and I'm, I'm very wary about giving um, people with a lifetime appointment um, uh, who are, uh, don't, are, are not accountable politically the way elected leaders are. I'm worried about giving them that type of, uh, uh, that, that type of power. I'm, I, I'm, more, uh, I, I'm more trustful in the power of we the people through Congress and, and legislatures and, and the president to, 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 to make those decisions. So, um, part so, of so I, right now has I, been, yeah. I reject the premise of, of your, uh, of your point, but no, but, this yeah, is but if I can say judge part, part of the debate right now has been, is the court's current decision, for example, in a number of cases, whether it's on guns or abortion or environmental uh, protection, are the decisions inherently political because of the way they read the constitution through their interpretation? Is it political? So, yeah. you know, there's, there's a question there's no, of how much. Yeah, no, of course, part of the question is what you mean by political, right? I mean, in, in one sense, yeah, they are political. Uh, but but I, I will draw the line and I don't think they're partisan. And I think that's a big difference. Um, I, I, I don't believe that this, so I, I, I reject the view of some of my fellow uh, commissioners uh, for whom I have great respect, Judge Gertner and Professor Tribe, who were wonderful colleagues uh, on the commission, but they've been very outspoken uh, in, in the last couple of weeks calling into to question the legitimacy of the court because they see what they see afoot is uh, a partisan uh, effort to support the Republican Party. And um, uh, I, I don't see that. Uh, uh, what, what I see is uh, a, a, a thoughtful justices on both sides of an issue grappling uh, with 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 big issues. Uh, how do you identify uh, a, a, a constitutional right? That isn't spelled out uh, in the in the Constitution. What what is the role of the uh, administrative state when 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 Congress creates an agency? How much authority is it giving to that agency, and and, and how can you measure that? Th th those are those are big issues. That, that do they have political consequences? Of, of of course they do. But but I reject the idea that 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 this court is 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 somehow animated by a a partisan spirit that they're trying to achieve uh, partisan uh, ends. I, I, I can tell you in the 15 years that I was on uh, the DC circuit, I never once saw any of my colleagues uh, make a decision that I thought was influenced in any way by their prior uh, partisan allegiances. Now, did we disagree? Yes, we disagreed vigorously about how one reads a statute. What is the nature of the relationship between an agency uh, 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 that's created by Congress and Congress. These are, these are big issues, but these are legal issues. Uh, do they have political consequences? They, they do, but, but the decisions are not being driven by some partisan agenda to advance the Republican Party over the, over the Democratic Party. Uh, I, I, I just didn't see anything like that on, on the DC circuit. And, and, and I don't believe that explains the debates that are going on uh, at the Supreme Court. You know, a couple of months ago, Justice I mean, Barrett spoke.
spoke to this issue and she had some very good advice for us. Uh, her defense against the charge that, that the courts, uh, that the justices are partisans in, in robes was she said simply, read our opinions, read them. Now here's the problem with that advice. They're long opinions, right? I mean, they're, they're long. Dobbs is over 200 pages. That's hard work. We're busy people. But I think the work of a citizen is to, to do that, to, to read the opinions. And I think when you do, uh, by and large, we'll see thoughtful people trying to read, uh, write clearly for us to understand, grappling with big legal issues, but they're not advancing uh, you know, a partisan, partisan agenda. We, we're we're I fortunate. Right? I, have to, I just have to point out, Judge, I have to just point out that, ju that Justice Barrett made those comments at an event at the, the Mitch McConnell Center at the University of Louisville. So there is some question about, you know, could, could she have picked a, a better uh, location because it seemed inherently political given all that Mitch McConnell has done to block President uh, Obama's appointees. And, you know, he's he's been uh, uh, instrumental in changing the face of the court. Um, so can I push back? But, but, I, but, back I, but I wanna I just I wanna I wanna dig but, into more this question of how you can increase trust in the court because you've hit on something very important about go ahead, Judge. I have to I have to push back on that. Um I'm taking Justice Barrett's words. Uh she said the best way to determine whether we're partisan hacks or not is to read our opinions. And so that that's that's good advice. Uh, and, and, and I think too much of the discussion that's going on uh, about the Supreme Court in general and this term in particular, it, it, I doubt that it's coming from people who've actually read the opinions. They've read them. They've read what pundits have said about them. They've read what critics have said about them. And, 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 and I, th I think we do ourselves a disservice when, when, we, when we look at the work of the Supreme Court filtered through others' eyes. I, 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 I think her advice is good advice read the opinions, and then form your opinion uh, as, 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 as to the work of the court. I, I, I think with, if people do that, they'll be deeply impressed um, uh, by, 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 the, by, by the work of the court. They'll see strong opinions that disagree about fundamental things, but I don't think they'll, they'll come away with the view that these are partisan hacks. I mean, Justice Breyer, in the last couple of years of his service on the Supreme Court, this was something he was outspoken about. That, that the, the judges are not uh, uh, partisans in robes. And, and uh, so I how can you from, encourage that? How can you, so Judge, sorry to interrupt, but how can you encourage uh, that some sort of transparency or, or increase the public's faith in the court that you so clearly have? You know, according to new Gallup poll, 25% of Americans have confidence in the Supreme Court. That is a historic low. Um, we see concerns about Justice Clarence Thomas and ties to his wife and her political engagements. Uh, uh, we see questions about investments and, and, and what, uh, what sort of investment portfolio justices should have. I know this is something that you, you thought about on, on the commission. Um, so what reforms do you see that could help the American public have that confidence? Well, I, I, I think, now, again, I'm not a political scientist, I, you know, I, I, you know uh, but, but my sense is that a large reason for the, for the public having that view of the court comes because they're hearing that drumbeat from critics of the court. They're hearing from people who say, you know, it's a right-wing cabal on an agenda to advance the aims of the Republican Party. Well, if you hear that constantly, that's going to affect, that's going to affect one's uh, decisions, uh, one's view. And that's why I'm saying the antidote, the antidote for that is to read the opinions. 
um, um, read what, what Chief Justice Roberts had to say about the EPA case. Read the powerful dissent uh, by Justice Kagan. You, you notice that in the debate they have, neither of them is calling into question the good faith of, of, of the other, because they know that, that that's not the issue. They know that these are legal issues, significant legal issues that require our best thinking. Uh, they require time uh, and energy, which is, is tough to come by, I know, but I'm afraid that that's the cost of, of, of being a citizen. Um, uh, so, so, so I attribute some of the, 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 uh, the, the, the comparatively low uh, approval ratings that the Supreme Court is now uh, experiencing to, to, uh, to people who are attacking uh, the, 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 the court. Uh, and, and I think the antidote to that is I wish people would uh, take the time to read what the court is, is, is saying itself. Yeah, how much should the court consider the real life implications of the decisions and not just sort of going back in time and, and looking uh, what the framers of the Constitution intended or how the law has been interpreted in the past, but you know, there are real concerns about uh, the health of women and girls, children uh, who become pregnant uh, over uh, the coming weeks, months, and years. Um, I also want to point out that Noah Feldman, a Harvard law professor, called the court's decision on, on Dobbs institutional suicide. Um, which may get at this question of the, the politics from the outside that you're talking about, but how much do they need to consider both how their decisions are perceived and how their decisions affect the lives of people? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a difficult issue. It's a, it's a tough issue because this isn't an academic exercise. You know, we're not, we're not taking a law school exam when the Supreme Court issues a decision. And as I said at the outset, uh, the Dobbs decision in particular, I, I would say the Second Amendment decisions, th these are decisions that have uh, profound impact on uh, on on fundamental values that that, 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 that that people hold dear. So 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 I, I think I think the court does need to take into account the impact uh, that its decision uh, will will have uh, on the republic on on, on on the democracy. But but the fundamental decision that they're involved in is trying to figure out what is the law. What is the law? Um, and that's where the debate takes place uh, on the court. Uh, no question they need to take into account the consequences of their decision. Look, the Chief Justice, as we all know, uh, is an institutionalist. He cares a great deal about how the public perceives uh, the, 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 the work of the court. Um, and uh, I think, once again, uh, the, the, the best thing that the justice can do uh, to persuade us that they are not uh, partisans in robes, that they don't have some agenda to advance the cause of one political party or another, is to explain their decisions uh, clearly, to explain uh, what goes into their decision, what are the issues that they're grappling with. And, and I'm here to tell you that when, that when you do that, uh, you come out with a very different image of, of this court and what it's doing than, than, I, than I think we're getting through uh, a lot of the pundits and a, and, and a, and a lot of the commentators. You know, there's the question of the nomination process and how much we really learn through a Supreme Court nomination. We do have another audience question who, who's asking about sort of the influence in that in that process of even deciding who gets to go uh, before the Senate and be considered. Uh, Philippa Maester from Georgia asks, what is the influence of the Federalist Society in judicial nominations compared to that of the ABA and traditional practices? 
Boy, that's beyond uh, that's beyond uh, my 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 pay grade. Uh, but it but it gives me a chance to to say something that I that I hope will be partly responsive to that. I mean, uh, I've been very public um, about uh, my view of the of the confirmation process. I I, I was honored uh, that Justice Jackson asked me to introduce her uh, to the Senate uh, the Judiciary Committee in her confirmation hearings, and and there was a fair amount of commentary on the novelty of a political conservative who had been appointed by a Republican president to the DC circuit, uh, speaking out in support of uh, a, 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 a nominee, uh, a, a judge that had been nominated by a Democratic president. Uh, I tried to make the point then that there shouldn't be anything novel about that. There was a time, uh, and it wasn't that long ago, when uh, presidents got their Supreme Court nominees, so provided they were competent and honorable people. Uh, as we all, we probably all remember Justice Scalia uh, was uh, confirmed, I think it was 98 to nothing. Uh, Justice Ginsburg, uh, 96 to three. Uh, it, that doesn't happen now. Uh, and the question I think we have to ask is, are we in a better place uh, because of that change? And I don't think we are. Uh, I, 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 think, uh, I think it's a, a, a telling uh, and, and not in a good way. Uh, that, that Justice Jackson wasn't confirmed 100 to nothing. Um, I think it's telling, and not in a good way, uh, that, that Justice Barrett wasn't confirmed 100 to nothing. These are highly qualified people of the highest character, deep patriots, uh, who, who should be on the Supreme Court because the, 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 the president nominated them. And the, 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 the role of the Senate, I think, is a very limited one in, 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 those, in those circumstances. But that's obviously not where we are now. Um, um, I, I wish we were. I, I would like a return to, as the Senate says, to regular order on judicial nominations and to, to depoliticize them. And, and uh, right now, unfortunately, too much of the Senate confirmation hearing process is, is grandstanding for, um, uh, for senators who have their own uh, agendas. And, and, uh, and I think it's unfortunate, and I think it has cost uh, the Supreme Court uh, a, a, a great deal. Judge Griffith, I want to squeeze in one more question uh, for you sure. because we're looking uh, ahead to the next term of the court. The, the courts agreed to hear a case that could fundamentally change American democracy. Not to put it not to put it too uh, in too too big of terms, but we're looking at this North Carolina Supreme Court case holding that the state's constitution precludes severe partisan gerrymanders. And you know, there, there's the argument that the petitioners make and that the state courts shouldn't have any role in overturning federal election rules put into place by state legislatures. So I'd like to know what you make of this so-called independent state legislature theory. Yeah, so, so Libby, I have to beg off. I'm not an expert in this. I, I, I'm trying to learn as much as I can about it right now. Uh, I, I tell you, my, my, my radar and my instincts, uh, I worry. Uh, I, I worry about this, um, uh, but it's not something uh, uh, that, 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 that I know a, a great deal about right now. I actually have over my shoulder a briefing binder right back there uh, of materials that I, I plan on uh, studying very carefully uh, over, over the next couple of weeks so I can, uh, uh, so I can be uh, up to speed uh, on this. But, 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 but my, my instincts, I'll start, are, are with you and, and your question. This is something that, that, that worries me. Uh, uh, a, a great deal, and uh, but uh, but I need to study more about it. Well, we look forward to having you on again uh, in the future and talking with you about that. Judge Griffith, thank you so much for talking with us. We really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, 
go to WashingtonPostLive.com.